I found that like when I say God is my compass, I, I say that because he's what always redirected me back uh, to the to a good a good place or a better place because I could feel down, I could feel negative or whatever, and still can have those moments like we all do. But what brings me back is is God. Like he's what directs me and balances me to this day. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, Altered Story Show listeners. This is your chief storyteller host, Michelle Saunders Gutch, and welcome to my season two, 117th episode, Diane's God as My Compass God Story. Wow. Thank you, friends, for listening to my show that is part of the Edify app and helps Christian women share their God stories so women around the world can hear them and never feel alone. Friends, happy end of October month. Many thanks to all who voted for my podcast show for Spark Media Award. Although we did not win an award, friends, I am just grateful to have been nominated, and it is exciting to always get recognition through nominations. And if it wasn't for the women that come on the show, like Diane, I wouldn't have a podcast show. So this is always uh, a, a wonderful time to recognize guests. I also have some exciting news about my show, friends. If you enjoy listening to Christian Mix 106, 24-7, it's an internet radio station. You can now listen to the Altered Stories show on demand. A big shout out to Melissa Holstrom with Freedom to Flourish KC for her referral and to Brian Tucker and all the Christian Mix 106 family for their warm welcome. Always want to give a shout out to Eternity Ready. They're another great internet radio show. And friends, I've been blessed to be on there and we're expanding. I guess I'm going to be moving into the Canadian airwaves. So shout out to Jeremiah um, for his help in promoting the Altered Story Show. And we just keep growing across the world. So thanking God for that favor. I'm also excited, friends, to share that I'm making headway in my book, The Altered, or it's actually my altered story. Well, it could change again, friends. But it's great to see progress. And I'm grateful for Redemption Press and for all those that are coming around me to help me get this done. I know, friends, Altered Stories Ministry is going to continue to be able to grow. And we are hoping to bring more God stories to you on the air in 2024 and maybe on radio, outside of radio, some TV and video. Your faithful prayers and donations are making a difference. And we're trusting God to bring us new sponsors, ministry partners, and supporters. Now, 
We are stopping listening to me and friends. It's time to hear from our special guest. And I apologize for the corgi in the background, friends. If you hear my corgi, I apologize. Um, we're not going to rain on Diane's parade. Diane, it's so great to have you here. She's a referral from the awesome, very talented Sarah Geringer from Sarah Geringer Create. She's an author. She does all kinds of cool stuff. She does book launches. She does so many cool things. And Diane, I was blessed to meet, and she's here because Sarah referred her. And Diane is an author, and she has spent most of her career teaching students from kindergarten through adult age and works currently as a high school youth director at her church and hopes to encourage students to be their unique selves and to have confidence to be who they are and follow their passions. Isn't that amazing? What a great thing. We need that in our youth. So I'm going to bring her to the mic. Welcome to the Altered Story Show, Diane. How are you doing? Hi, thank you so much, Michelle. What a nice introduction. I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. I would love you to share anything in addition. I know we're going to share your God story. You have a lot out there to talk about, I'm sure. But is there anything I haven't shared about you personally that you would like to share with the listeners? Um, well, I think you really touched on it when you said what I am deeply passionate about doing as far as reaching out to young people today. Um, and that's why I write the books that I write is to reach young people, as well as people who just have th that child wound or whatever in our hearts that we need healing from that I think really God can provide for us. And so I find that my, you know, my audience from my books are not just teenagers, but often women. It tends to be the bigger audience, uh, all ages and ranges. And I think that's because we all have those emotions that have been, you know, brought up in our in our childhood, in our teen years, in our young years, that brokenness or things that have been difficult and that healing uh, that we get from God, I think is really significant. So I guess that's my main passion, I guess, and what I feel like I'm called to do from having taught for many years to having my own kids to now writing, which has been a passion and dream of mine since I was a kid. So yeah, I guess that's a little nutshell. I know you have a little grandson, right? I do. Yes, I do. And he is just, oh, I can't get enough of him. I am in love from the second I saw him. And actually it makes me, you know, you know, as a parent, once you're a parent, it's the way you can, I think, truly see how much God loves you is because you love your kids no matter what they do, right? No matter they make mistakes, they, you just have so much love for them. And I think it's just with this grandbaby, it's always a reminder of that. They are just so precious. They can do no wrong, <laughs> which may be as good or bad as the grandparent, but uh, I just am adoring him. He's eight months old now. He just, he's crawling around and he's trying to walk. And, you know, he's at that stage where you have to watch him every second. Everything goes in his mouth, you know, the whole thing. But he's a joy. Love him to death. Well, the one thing I can say about being a grandparent, are you a like, Mimi, Nana, what did they call you or does it matter to you? I, it doesn't matter to me. And I, he, I it's going to be whatever he picks. I figure, you know, I, I'm okay with whatever. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Gigi. And so she calls me Gigi. 
Um, and I've got a picture of her in front of me right now, but yeah, there's something about the joy fills your heart. Diane, you know, we've talked about my passion for helping women share their transformational God stories. And, you know, being an author that you are a gifted, talented writer and all that, but I'd like to kind of hear from you why you think women should share their God stories. Why, why is sharing your story so important? I think sharing your story is super important because I know for me, when I hear somebody else's story, it's how it, it helps me because there always seems to be some sort of common thread between us all, whether, you know, we all have a lot of differences, which is makes us all beautiful and special, but there's always some sort of common ground, either some, like I mentioned, some sort of hurt, some sort of trauma, some sort of insecurity, difficulty. I feel like that we can all relate to and learn from each other when we hear someone else's story. Uh, it makes us feel less alone in the world, I guess. And um, as an as an author, that's what I'm truly passionate about. Even though I write fiction, I, I sometimes feel like fiction has more truth to it than <laughs> anything. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it stems from a truth um, if it's good. And I think that when people read stories, whether fictional or nonfiction, they feel less alone about what they might be going through and can learn from it and grow from it. You know, it's why we all love, I think, watching good movies as well and things like that, um, because we can connect and see, okay, if that person can get through that thing, I can get through this thing. You know, or if God can help someone through that, God can help me through this. And so I think sharing our stories is is really important and we all have one. And I think a lot of times we think someone else's story is better. I know I've sometimes felt like that too, even like sharing my testimony. I'm, I always think, oh, is my testimony that significant? And I have to remember, yeah, it is. I mean, God made this story and so it matters. So um, I think it's important, really important to share our stories. Yeah. That's a great way of communicating. You're an excellent communicator, Diane. Yeah, I'm going to let you just take it from here where you're comfortable and you you share what you choose, however you want to choose your testimony or what God has done in your life. And why don't you just start from the beginning of where your God is my compass story began? So I chose that as my title because in thinking about my God story, I feel like uh, God has just always been with me in my life. I, I grew up in a in a Christian home, but I wasn't I can't say that we always went to church. However, I went to a private Christian school. So I was always in a church setting from that. And to be honest, that I think really rooted me and gave me the strength that I needed through some difficult times in my family, which, you know, my parents got divorced, which is not an uncommon thing. When my parents got divorced, you know, back in the 70s, it was less common. And I remember being the only kid, you know, who in my class, you know, whose parents were divorced and all that. My parents loved me. My parents were good parents, but that was just really difficult for me and for my sister. And um, I remember the the visitation, you know, I'd see my dad on the weekends and I'd be with my, we live with my mom and we'd visit my dad every other weekend. And that was always a really hard transition. And the thing that I always, that stands out to me that I did when I'd get home, say from visiting my dad and I was sad because I was going to miss him and all that is I would pull out uh, my Bible, which 
Um, it was the Bible called The Way. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it looked very 70s-like, um, the, the cover of it. I can like, picture it in my head. But I would pull that out and I would read from it. And funny enough, which is a weird thing, the the story that ended up being my favorite story as a young, like preteen age girl uh, was the story of Job, which is kind of odd, I think, because the story of Job is not very uplifting. And I think I got to it because I was reading Psalms, which is very uplifting. And then it, you know, Job comes next. And, but I remember for whatever reason, Job really stuck with me because he was this man who all this terrible stuff happened to him, yet he always remained faithful. He always, you know, he had his weak moments like we all would, but he remained true to God. And I remember thinking that was just amazing because the stuff he was going through was terrible, especially compared to my little problems at the time. I found that like when I say God is my compass, I, I say that because he's what always redirected me back uh, to the to a good a good place or a better place because I could feel down, I could feel negative or whatever, and still can have those moments like we all do. But what brings me back is is God. Like he's what directs me and balances me to this day. I guess that's a little bit about my childhood and why I feel like the, the start, I guess, of God being my compass sort of stemmed from, from those like difficult moments as a young person on through adulthood where you have different things that happen as well. That makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And so take us back a little bit um, you know, being in a home where your parents are divorced, did, did, uh, you feel, um, like there was shame as a result of that? Yeah. Okay. I hadn't really thought about that too much till now, but yeah, I think so. Because especially, like I said, I didn't have any friends at the time later I did but at that time I I didn't have any friends whose parents were divorced I think I was always comparing you know like why is my family broken and my best friend's family is perfect which of course they weren't perfect but you know you look at it and you compare it in that way um and yeah it wasn't something I would want to brag about and say you know, my parents were divorced, so I got to go. Vi- I'm visiting my dad this weekend, but you know that might have been a weird thing to some of them. Like you're visiting your dad. What do you mean? You know, my dad's always around or whatever. And so, yeah, definitely some shame to that for sure. You know, the reason I bring that up that's that's hard, Diane. That's hard as a young one to deal with that and to feel on the outskirts. I mean, unfortunately, kids can be so doggone mean and. You know, they can be very self-righteous and, you know, regardless. And thank God you had your sister, right? So you two were going through that situation. But, you know, divorce scars a lot of kids. I don't understand all the dynamics around being a, a product of a divorce, but my daughter was a product of a divorce because, you know, I divorced um, her dad and I divorced when she was in the womb, although she didn't know much about that. Um, but you were part of the family, right? How how old were you when your parents decided to do that? 
I was seven when they divorced. So I, uh, yeah, I have a very significant memory of that moment because I remember them sitting us down in the family room, my sister and I, and my dad was the one who told us that they were no longer going to be living together. And as a seven-year-old, I didn't even understand what he was talking about, really. It didn't even make sense to me. I didn't even know what divorce was, really. And so he explained it. And then I remember a few minutes after he explained and we talked, he got up and he he left. And I remember watching him walk out the door and just being like so traumatized, just just so sad. Like, where's he going? What do you mean you're leaving? And and you, I knew he was sad because he was teary-eyed and emotional too. So was my mom, you know? So it, it was just this weird feeling of not knowing what was going on and he's leaving. And I didn't understand that he wasn't coming back for, to live in our home. It didn't make, didn't really register, I guess. So I do have a significant memory of that. And I, it, it is hard as a, as a young person because I, and I learned this later that I, because I remember not really understanding why it sort of lingers as a, as a, as a trauma, because there's so many things that people go through that I think are, cons- are kind of worse, like losing a parent because they die, I feel like is, is worse. But I think the thing that with divorce that happens is you can't put closure on it. Like you can never really wrap it up. It's kind of always there. Um, and, and I can't say that also that my parents' divorce was extremely friendly. They, it was a little bit of a bitter one. And so that I think made it harder too. I think when the parents can get along with each other, I think that makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the co-parenting is so important. So did you have at that time, Sunday school teacher or someone that could love on you and just make you feel loved? I mean... I, I pray so, um, because that's not your fault. That was not your fault, right? I mean, you, your parents just made decisions and, and they couldn't, they couldn't stay together. So, you know, that's hard for kids sometimes because they want to put the blame on themselves. So I just, would you speak into that a little bit? Absolutely. I had an amazing grandmother. She, uh, I called her Nana. Uh, she is who I hope I am a grandmother like her. She watched my sister and I all the time when my, when my mom had to work and they took us on vacations. We went on a lot of road trips. We, we were with her all the time in the summer. Um, she was incredible. I just, uh, she's the best. And she, um, definitely taught me the love of God. Um, from a very young age, all the way through adulthood was always there for me unconditionally. And so her, I'd say number one. And then secondly, when you said Sunday school teacher, I would say my teachers at the school that I went to, one of whom I am still in contact with because I still live in, I moved back to the area where I grew up. The church that I, the school that I went to, I actually ended up teaching at later for quite a few years. And that's the church where I'm the youth director. So I still see like my, my youth pastor, who's much older now at church. And I see my fifth grade teacher who I'm speaking of, who um, was just one of many encouragers in my life as a young person who taught me the love of God, taught me about God and really was a huge foundation for me. So I think I, I, God, God really wrapped his arms around me and gave me a lot of really great people for sure. 
Well, what I think is so awesome now is you can be empathetic. You know, our empathy comes out of our biggest pain. Have you ever noticed people that are not empathetic? They just don't seem to have any hardship or anything that they've come out of or they just, you know, have never had anything, I think, that caused them to really have to go through hard things to get to a better place, right? And so, you know, I would love, you know, just to, you know, hear how you, how do you handle kids? I'm assuming that they probably are drawn to you when their parents are going through these kind of things. I have a huge heart for, for these kids. They, they, they go through a lot, um, whether it's school stuff, stuff in their homes, that's, that's difficult being lonely, being anxious, having depression. I mean, you name it. There's a whole gamut of of things that I see. And really, they just want someone who they can trust to hear them and know that they're listening and praying for them and are just going to be there for them because I, I don't have the you know, the magic wand, there isn't one for their, for their situations, but I, I can listen to them and I can empathize with them and tell them that, you know, this is really awful. Don't, don't downplay it. It is that what you're going through is hard. And because I think they need someone to understand that, not just to be told, Oh, you're just a kid. You'll be fine. You'll get over it. Um, which is not true. I mean, even such things as like their first heartbreak, you know, like it's sometimes I think adults think, Oh, you can't, you know, be in love. You're just a, 14 year old, but you know, no, they have the same, like, if not bigger emotions, because they're going through so many other things too, hormonally and all that. Um, they feel it big time. And just to be that person who understands where their heart is at and, and, and says, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to be here for you. If you need to talk, come talk to me anytime. I, I feel like that's really all they need. You know, that's amazing that you're there. And I'm so grateful that you are for them and that you can also share your healing journey in Jesus. You know, um, when you were going through kind of the hard things when your parents split up and you're trying to process it all, did you have any scriptures and or how how did God show himself to you. I mean, I know that you said as my compass and through people and other, you know, ways, but, you know, did you, did you lean into, you know, your learnings from the Bible or, I mean, what, what really resonated with you at that time? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, that story of Job was a big one. And then also versus like, uh, uh, Joshua one five, which is, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a huge one for me. It always has been a huge one for me because that leaving thing, um, I think I've always had that insecurity of maybe uh, probably stemming from the divorce situation of the worry of losing a, a loved one or, or something like that. And that always has stuck with me that God is always with me. He, he will never leave. He's going to protect you and be with you no matter what. And it's when I look back and see how he has been there through, you know, those people that I mentioned through just feeling his presence through me, even having the thought of going and sitting down in my room and reading my Bible when I was sad, when no one told me to do that. I think that's a God thing. No one, no one was telling me to do it. I just felt drawn to that book and I felt drawn to those passages and 
I think the fact that it was, you know, the book of Job, I feel like not many people are like, oh, I love the book of Job. You know, most people are like, oh, the book of Job, but thanks, you know, but it's kind of like revelation. Like that's a hard one, right? I mean, so I think that that was a God thing. I, I know that was God speaking to me. That wasn't um, anything else but that. And that just makes me more and more aware of his presence. And that still happens where I'll be, you know, drawn to a passage or a verse that's just the right thing I need at that moment, if I'm paying attention, especially. Yeah. Well, there's so much we could talk about, Diane, because divorce is prevalent. It's really strong in our culture. It, it, it is just continued down a spiral. Part of it, too, is that when people get married, sometimes they don't see that it's a covenant that you're making between you and God, you know? I mean, there's a lot of secular views on marriage. And, you know, if you look at it from a secular standpoint and there's no covenant, there's no, you know, God ordained it for his glory, right? When you, when you don't see it from that perspective, I mean, you're just, it's just not going to come with the same honor. And even, even when people see it and then things happen, I mean, God gives us, you know, ways to heal in the marriage or ways to separate, unfortunately, if you have to separate, you know, because of the brokenness of man, right? And on God's restored marriages, there's been unfortunate situations where it just couldn't be. I think God really knows, but I think those that are products of divorce have to go through the recovery, you know? And I just think there's just so many that have never done that. It's just downplayed. And unfortunately, then, you know, it affects them all the way up through, you know, adulthood, you know, and in other areas in the relationship. So leading into my question for you is like, so how do you, how do you now operate in marriage? Um, are you, because of what you went through, you know, is, is there a different way that you operate in your marriage? Than, I mean, I'm assuming that, you know, you've been married a while. And when I saw your pictures on Facebook, you and your husband are the cutest. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> no, you yeah, really are. You. You, you really are the cutest. You just seem like you're both very joyful and happy in your relationship. I mean, I know we always throw our best on Facebook, but all I'm saying is, I mean, you can see when somebody's happy or when it's authentic, when it's real. And I can see on your face, it's like with your grandson. So as we're talking, you're like, you know, you're smiling. It's, it's, it's something very precious, I can tell. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I definitely think I operate maybe differently because of my, what I went through with as a child. I, it was just never been a, when I married my husband, I knew he was my best friend and I knew we were together for five years before we got married. So it wasn't like we got married really quickly or I didn't know him or we hadn't already had arguments and all that kind of thing. And I knew marriage was hard, I think, because I saw it be hard and I saw it not work. And so I was just determined that that's not going to be me. Like, I don't care how hard it is. I'm going to, I'm going to make it work. So maybe it was that determination and a lot of prayer. Um, because yeah, certainly I wish we were always as cute and happy as those pictures on Facebook, but <laughs> we're not. 
<laughs> surprise. Um, but, uh, but we get through it. We get through our hard times. You know, we definitely, when we had, we have four kids. So when they were all little and, um, I was teaching and he was working, you know, there was, there was, it was stressful, just, you know, family is stressful. And, uh, we, we made it work, but I can't say that it, it was easy. It required a lot of um, effort and, and, and it's easier now because we're empty nesters, so to speak. And, you know, all that. Um, so there's a light at the end of the tunnel for everyone going through the craziness of children and all that. <laughs> but uh, I just think I was very determined. And my husband also had divorced parents. And I think he had the same philosophy. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to put my kids through what, what I went through and I don't want to go through what my parents went through. So we're going to make this work kind of a thing. Thank God. Thank God, Diane. Yeah. Yeah. I just, and then I think that's why so many people, they get so skittish and if they don't know the Lord and put their full faith and trust in them, him, you know, it's difficult to commit. You know, a a lot of couples choose not to in a marital situation, but, you know, it's really the commitment. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, commitment is commitment in that way, but, you know, committing before the Lord and it holds a different dynamic. I don't know about you, but that holds me accountable to do things differently, right? I mean, there's a couple of times I was like playing with fire. My husband knows all this. I'm like, okay, all right. Now, this is serious. You know, I went before the Lord in front of witnesses and shared that, you know, my vows and, you know, through thick or thin, you know, all those things, sickness, health, you know, whether you're, you know, not in your best game or whether you go down or you're sick, sick, or you know what I mean? There's, there's a lot to it. It's not always going to be romantic and fun and joyful and all those wonderful things, right? Life happens, things happen, and the enemy comes in and really tries to really shake up. I want to just get from you. So for those that are struggling right now, maybe they're on the edge of, you know, just giving up because they just are like, you. that's for you guys, not for me. I mean, you know, even in their marriages or just in believing and trusting that God can help them so that they don't have to go into hurt and pain in in a marriage themselves. But, you know, we'd love to just hear from you any ministering words that you might have for those right now that may be listening and have given up, maybe just given up, you know, they, as a result of divorce trauma, or they want to, they're like, I'm done. I I don't want to be married. I don't really care what the outcome is. You know, any words of wisdom or any words that you may have? Ultimately, to know that they are so, so very loved by God and that his promise or his desires for you in, in making a promise to someone else are for your good, not for your bad. And it doesn't mean I don't want to shame on people who have divorced or who have had to divorce because there are times when you just have to, I mean, there's abuse situations, there's, there's all kinds of reasons and it's not to, to shame on anybody. But if, if you were in that situation of you're like, I'm giving up, whether you're giving up because you feel sad about some trauma 
of yours that you went through as a child or as an adult and you're in a in a difficult marriage situation i i would say i don't want to oversimplify it but i guess the best thing is i give it to god and and pray deeply and have others pray for you and don't be afraid to talk to people and say i'm really struggling or go get help go go to a, a christian counselor or a counselor someone that you trust and get help and do what you can to make it work because god can 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 turn things around that we don't see and it might take a really long time but i i really believe that he can turn things around he's turned things around in my own marriage that like i said things weren't always easy and there were times when i thought this isn't working what is happening am i gonna end up just like my parents am i gonna do the same thing and i had to talk to people i had to talk to friends i had to really really lay it lay my heart on the line for god and and ask him to work in me and i knew i it wasn't like i could blame my husband for all the things that you know i liked to to in an argument or whatever, but it was, I had some things to heal and deal with too. And so give it to God, know that you are loved and he wants to, he wants to help you. You have to reach out to him and um, trust him that he, he will be there. He will carry you through. So I'm not oversimplifying, you know, but um, I guess that's overall what I would say. You know, I think that's not oversimplifying. I think what you're trying to do is point everyone to the real answer for our pain. And when we feel alone, who's been through pain, who's been through suffering, who came to this earth, you know, and endured it, all types of pain, rejection, physical, emotional, mental, everything. So he could become uh, empathetic to what we've had to go through and the brokenness of what sin caused with the fall. And, you know, also, um, I know that it's hard. It's just so hard for those who've been wounded um, from divorce to come out of that too without, you know, just being um, torn, you know. I mean, because, you know, you left both your parents, right? And they both, and they love you. You know, and so it's like trying to have, you know, the best outlook for that situation too, um, for your parents. And are are your parents still alive? Diane? Yes, they are. Diane, yeah. they are. Okay. Yeah. All right. Did either one of them remarry? Because then there's the dynamic of the step parent, right? Yeah. They, <laughs> they, they, that was the whole thing too. I mean, they both remarried. Um, and so yeah, then I had the step mom and the stepdad and that that's always tricky because you don't know what you call them i just call them by their first names you know and um yeah that that's a whole tricky thing right that's a difficult situation not not just for the, the kid but then also for the parents you know themselves knowing that their person they divorced has another partner i don't know it's it's it, it definitely complicates things yeah, and I'm assuming too that um your husband had the same situation maybe or had yeah. Okay. So that helps that helps a lot. It does. It, it, we had a lot in common in that situation um with each of us being from, you know, divorced parents and step parents and and all that stuff. Which brings it's good and it's bad with it when you have the step parents, right? It's yeah. That we could talk about that on a whole nother show. Whole other show. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure. Well, so now 
let's talk a little bit about, you know, what kind of what led you to your book. Tell us a little bit about why you felt called to to write the book. A little bit about it, you know, just some just some tidbits, some things that we could learn about you and why you do what you do and why you wrote the book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the this book that I most recently published is Finding True North. Uh, it's a prequel to the first novel I wrote called Sticks and Stones. Um, it is talking about the grandmother in the first book as she's a young person. And I guess the theme of it and why it's called Finding True North is she is trying to figure out who she is as a, as a young person and starts out kind of doing it in all the wrong ways, um, trying to change who she is, be who she's not. She sort of kind of abandons her good friends in pursuit of these things and has some uh, difficult home situations as well, which I think for me was very healing to write through a character it, in both of my books, uh, writing about the character's difficulty as a young person in a broken family was was very healing for me, as well as I knew it would be so for those who read it, because uh, like we've mentioned, broken homes and, and difficult things for kids is not an uncommon thing. And so um, in Finding True North, the, the main theme, I guess, is her figuring out through the help of her sister, who is sort of a character you wouldn't expect to be helping when you read the book, you'll, you'll see why, um, it, she's, uh, the one that helps her come to God and come to know who she is in God and in Christ. And it's not really preachy. I don't feel like it's a book that if you weren't a Christian, you, you wouldn't, uh, feel offended by anything, which of course you wouldn't, but, uh, I feel like it's a good book for anyone to read, whether you're, uh, you know, looking for Christian fiction or not. I feel like it has a, a, a good, hopefully a good message for young people as well as adults about being true to who you are, who God created you to be. Can you just maybe tell us how we could get that book? Um, do you have a website and some other things that you want to share for how people could reach you? Or maybe someone wants to bring you on the uh, their show, podcast, or have you share at one of their events about your story and about the book and anything you feel like you want to share. Sure. I do have a website. It's www.dianebeck.com. Uh, Diane with two N's. I, my book is on Amazon. It's at Barnes and Noble. Kind of anywhere books are sold, you, you can find my book. Um, so yeah, that'd be probably the easiest way, either on my website or through those different places where you buy books, you can get my book. Do you have another book in the works? Do you do? Okay, tell, do tell what you feel you want to. Sure, it's the sequel to Sticks and Stones, which was the first book. So it kind of wraps up the things that were in that story that didn't get all closed up. Um, the working title is "What the Wind Blew In," and yeah, I guess that's it. It's kind of the story in the in Sticks and Stones, Emily is the main character. She's a teenager. Uh, her mom gets arrested and is in jail and she lives with her grandmother. Um, so it's kind of her healing story. And then so the, this current one is her as an adult and how her, what, where she's kind of come from, from there. This is so cool. I love, love, 
love your authenticity, Diane. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing some of the hard things that you went through and the trauma and, you know, just kind of the difference that God made in your life and how he, you know, he really walked with you through that and all the people he brought to you and how he's brought you to where you are and how you are now using your books, your gifting, your serving at your church and doing all those things to help young people and help those that may be encountering hard things. And I I think that's really awesome. So it's been a real fun time to be able to sit here and chat with you and talk, you know, sister, sister. And, you know, I know friends, you're going to love this book. So you're, or two, it sounds like maybe she has three. And uh, again, I wanted to thank you, Diane, for taking your time. And I um, can't wait to see what the outcome is going to be from what you've shared and how this may be making a difference in the life of so many that are listening because of your authenticity and what you're sharing. And I wish you great success in everything that you're doing. I really uh, can't wait to see more pictures of that little grandbaby. And <laughs> I mean, it's another stage in life, right? And yeah, maybe we're going to have a fourth book. You know, it's just something that just really, truly heals. It is so amazing. So I will be praying over all that you're doing. And are there any last words that you want to share before we wrap up? Gosh, no, just thank you so much for having me. I, it's truly an honor and I feel very blessed by you and all that you're doing and listening to other people's stories on your podcast. And just, I will be praying for you as well. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Well, good, good. Enjoy the rest of your fall. And I know we're going to get crazy soon and we'll be in the holidays and all those things. Um, and friends, until the next show. Be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org. 